Guys, check this out. Can you believe this is episode 7 already? Seriously. We're at lucky number 7. Um, anyway, I just wanted to take a second before we got started today to say thank you guys so much. I'm with you guys in this journey and you guys have definitely been with me. So I appreciate the emails, the comments, the voicemails. Uh, I sincerely appreciate the support you guys have given and I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge you for having made this first seven episodes so much fun. It's been great. So that's it. We're going to get started. Just had to give you a quick shout out. What is going on, you guys? Welcome back. This is Best Life of Your Life. I am Aaron Keith Hawkins, and you guys are getting the hang of this. Every episode here is designed to move you and I away from average and towards the best life of our life. I am loving doing this show, and I am loving hearing from you guys and just seeing the growth. Um, it's awesome being a part of a, a community like this. Uh, that's literally what it's becoming very quickly. Uh, connecting with you guys, you guys showing me love. I certainly love and appreciate you guys for being here and sharing this show and helping it grow and just contributing to each other. Because every time you share this show with somebody, you know, you, you send them a link on social media or text them or email somebody, anybody, and spread this show, you're contributing to some improvement in their life. And I mean, that's what life is all about. When we find something good, we give it to somebody else. You guys have been huge in just making this a really good time and a success. So thank you. We have Dr. Nina uh, here with us on the show today, and I'm seriously excited about introducing you guys to her and share and allowing her to share her story and her journey. Uh, if you if you're not familiar with her yet, she has a blog called Make Peace with Food. It was named by Healthline as the best eating disorder blog in 2012, 13, and 14. So, yes, that is a pattern. She is a true expert and she specializes in emotional eating. And I can guarantee you, your perspective about what emotional eating is is going to be completely altered or improved today thanks to our conversation with her. So, she really is going to expose for us the root of these eating and diet and exercise issues that we seem to have and you know we think that the only way we can overcome it is through discipline 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 when in reality after listening to her you're going to realize it's not just about discipline it's about perspective and understanding why we're doing what we're doing i truly believe it's going to help it certainly opened my eyes uh, to thinking in a completely different way and helping me understand myself. So I think it's going to help you too. She has a podcast called Win the Diet War with Dr. Nina. It was named New and Noteworthy by iTunes within like a week of when she launched it. Uh, she has a video series, The Dr. Nina Show, on YouTube. She's currently writing a book based on her principles and her, her ideas. And all this while she carries on a practice in Los Angeles so she certainly has her plate full on a consistent basis but what's most amazing about her is this is a labor of love for her I know when you when most of us hear the term psychoanalyst you get this image of some rigid or cold you know doctor in a chair but she is truly empathetic and you're gonna hear 
uh, you'll just hear it in her voice when we talk to her in a second. She cares because she has lived her own story and had her own struggle, and that's what led her to do what she's doing now. And, you know, my promise to you guys is to that when I bring somebody on the show, they have to care. I, I have to believe that they truly care about what they're doing, you know, because success financially and all that stuff is great. And I certainly want to have conversations about that. But anytime I share somebody with you, it's important to me that they have a true sense of passion and empathy towards people. And they really care about what they do and what they share and the message they spread with the world. And that is certainly the case with Dr. Nina. So you're going to love her. And you're not here to listen to me talk today. We'll save that for next time. Uh, We're here to meet Dr. Nina. So... Let's give her a warm welcome without further delay, Dr. Nina, everybody. Welcome to the show, Dr. Nina. Dr. Nina, how have you been doing? I've been doing well. Thanks so much for having me, Aaron. Listen, I'm so grateful and so appreciative for you taking some time out of your schedule to, to meet with us today and uh, to share to, share with all of our listeners because you definitely have such a unique message. And gosh, you've been kicking it out in so many different ways. You have WinTheDietWar.com, your podcast, your YouTube show. Um, and plus you're practicing as a, as a, uh, psychoanalyst in Los Angeles. So you have a very full schedule. So thank you for being here. Glad to be here with you. So as I told you, when we conversated before, your message is so unique and, and I love it because it's sort of a contrast because you have a very focused area of expertise, but it applies to everyone literally <laughs> who eats food <laughs> so right. it's very niche but it's very it's just global so for for anyone who hasn't had the pleasure of meeting you yet if you were to just meet somebody at a conference or something what is the best way you would explain your message and the purpose behind what you do well I, my message is that if you have an unhealthy, unhappy relationship with food, which, as you said, it's a lot of the it's a lot of the population. Uh, my mission goes beyond helping you lose weight without dieting, which is what I do. Mm-hmm. It's about freedom. So I free yeah. you from the preoccupation with weight, the obsession with counting calories, focusing on fat grams, and essentially it boils down to uh, helping you stop measuring your value on a scale. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely a. a- challenge, as I'm sure you know more than most people, a big challenge for many of us. So this this journey for you, because as I said, you're a psychoanalyst and you're a psychotherapist. This didn't just start randomly for, for you as far as this becoming your passion and, and how you wanted to, uh, you know, spread your message and, and share your time with people. What's Can you give us a, an idea about your personal journey and, and how you wound up taking this, this path and doing what you do today? Well, when I was five years old, I and I was a perfectly normal weight child, mm-hmm. I suddenly developed an obsession with my thighs. I just started wow. thinking if my legs were thinner, that I'd be perfect. And again, wow. I was totally normal, even on the skinny side. Right. But I thought that skinny legs would somehow make me a better person, which I later came to understand, but I'll, I'll, I'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and this just began an obsession that got worse as I got older. And by the time I was an adolescent, and into college, uh, my last thought at night was, well, what did I eat today? Was I good? And mm-hmm. I just would fall asleep counting calories and fat grams and just thinking about my day. And I calculated every bite and wondered if I'd lose weight in the morning or not. And 
-hmm. So the scale was just my most welcome friend and my biggest enemy. And if I gained a pound, my day was ruined. Mm -hmm. And it really just took over my life. If I went hiking with friends, I wasn't thinking, wow, I am having a beautiful time on this hike sharing this experience with my friends, I'd be thinking, well, how many calories am I, am I burning? Oh, God. And, and yeah, every page of every journal of my teenage years and beyond, actually, was just filled with numbers. Um, and eventually, I, I began therapy, and I, I shared my guy problems, my goals, my dreams, my family stuff, and I was open with my therapist, and I went for three years, once a week faithfully for three years, and I told her about every aspect of my life except one. I never told her what was going on with food. She had no idea that I had, I had like every eating disorder there is. I would go from anorexia to bulimia to binge eating to, I mean, it, no, she had no idea. And I, at first, I didn't want to give up that that eating disorder because starving gave me this sense of strength and superiority. Of course, my willpower would fail. I, I would binge. I would do all kinds of horrible things, and it was just too shameful for me to to talk about. And um, in therapy, I really got in touch with myself. I began to change the way I thought about myself, related to myself, how I dealt with feelings. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the three years, again, without having ever once talked to my therapist about food, weight, and anything, my eating disorders was were gone totally gone. And people wow. say, well, how, how, wait, wait, wow, how is this possible? Because I, I learned that whatever was going on with food was a symptom of the problem. And that problem was actually my mean relationship to myself. And so when I learned to cope with difficult situations instead of using food or thoughts about my body to distract from them, uh, mm -hmm. things changed. When I learned to soothe myself with words instead of cookies, everything changed. Wow. And so... I know what it's like to struggle with an unhealthy, unhappy relationship to food, but I also know that you can, I don't even like to use the word recovery. Mm -hmm. I like to use the word liberation. It goes with win the diet war. Right? You're in battle with yourself. You yes. can liberate yourself from that. And, and that is what I bring to, to my private practice, to my online programs, to everything. I know that you know, there is hope. All right, that's a... That is a that's a powerful story, Nina. Because it's it's literally amazing that to, so through all of this and through, as you said, not necessarily recovery, but a change in the relationship with food, you didn't even essentially you didn't even get therapy for the food itself. Right. People come to me all the time, and they they realize that whatever's going on with food, it's like a weed. Mm -hmm. You know, if you pluck a weed, it's going to grow back and I, it's such right. a it's kind of a trite metaphor but it's so perfect when it comes to this issue because um, weeds are grown by roots which are right. underground mm -hmm. out un which is analogous to your you know your unconscious which are things that in you that are out of awareness mm -hmm. but not out of operation so something's going on that you're not even aware of possibly that is growing that that weed that is causing that behavior and so you know, if you just focus on the weed, well, nothing's going to happen. You're going to pluck it. It's going to grow back. That's why right. diets don't work. Diets are about the weed. Um, and they, they don't work because ultimately they're about deprivation. 
and the anticipation of deprivation always mm -hmm. makes you think about what you can't have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and plus, if you're thinking about not eating pizza or cake or whatever. Then you're thinking um, about pizza and cake. Then, <laughs> then you're thinking about pizza and cake. And that puts the focus on the wrong thing, which is what you're eating instead of why. Okay. So ultimately, you know, I help people make peace with food by making peace with themselves. And that is really the key. Wow, we, we, we all, I think everybody listening can say to some degree they need that because I, I, speaking personally, I know, and I, I've never felt as if I struggled, so to speak, with food. I just, there are times, and I guess we all have times where we feel like we are not in the habits that we want to have. And whether it's, you know, the extra 10 pounds that you claim that you can't lose or the 10 pounds that you have to gain. Everything, whenever you're not completely satisfied with your diet and the way your body looks, it's, it's, you become very rules driven and oh, I'm not doing this right, not doing that right. And the scale, you just, you stand on it every day, even though you don't want to see what it says. But from what you're saying, this, this battle that we put ourselves through with food isn't about the, the food itself. It's, it's, that's the surface of the problem and not the actual problem or I should say that's what we see exactly. of the problems like like an iceberg you know it's, exactly. it's it's there's a lot more underneath uh than the issues that we're willing to talk about or even know that we need to talk about and so often people think when they think about themselves they think about their physical selves mm -hmm. and you know look I'm not I, I, our physical appearance does matter it's, it's yes. a it's a fact if it didn't matter we would all you know never brush our hair and go around looking like you know the walking dead or something yes. you know we just, <laughs> it matters but there's more to us than meets the eye and sometimes uh, people become so preoccupied with their uh, body selves as the only self mm -hmm. that they they lose perspective and then they're constantly measuring their their value as i said on a bathroom scale yeah. and never feeling good because real self-esteem is an inside job. It's not something you measure. Yes, yes, that's, that's gosh, it's so powerful. Well, so for, for you, as you went through this journey, when did you realize, A, that you, were, that you became comfortable and, and had a better understanding of what actually had been causing you to, to deal with this for so long? And, and also, when did you decide, um, if you can recall a specific point, that, you know what, this is what I'm going to do to help other people. How did that work out help for you? Well, I was always that friend that everyone goes to for advice. Okay. Uh, yep. Which, you know, I, I just want to say one thing about my, I think it's important to add one thing about why at age five did I suddenly decide that I had big legs. Mm. Um, and that is that I, I was this exuberant kid. I had a lot of energy and vitality. And I was in this family that was very academic and serious. And I was constantly being told, oh, you're just too much. You're too much. You're just, you know, you're too sensitive. You're too loud. You're too whatever. Okay. And I think that unconsciously, again, this goes to the, the root. Yes. Um, my little five-year-old brain unconsciously translated you're too much mm. to you're physically too much. Wow. And, and, and so that is the kind of thing that I help people do, like figure out, well, you know, there's so much that they're not aware of that is mm -hmm. leading to whatever's going on with food. So, but going back to your question, I, I loved helping my friends and it felt 
great when I could help someone feel better and help them get a different perspective and see the changes that they made. And when I found out, well, hey, I could have a career doing that. Right. That was absolutely a no-brainer. And, and given my personal experience later in therapy, I knew how helpful it could be. But I wanted to create an environment where someone could come to me and feel safe mm-hmm. talking about the truth was really going on. I mean, what I tell my patients is, you know, we're, we're, you're not broken and coming in here to be fixed. Right. There's something going on with you that's leading you to cope in this way. And so we have to be detectives of the psyche, you know, and look yes. for the clues, solve yes. the mystery, so that there's no shame, no embarrassment to be curious, not critical. Ultimately, yes. therapy uh, should be about finding yourself, to be about understanding yourself at, a, at, a, at a, the deepest level so that you can relate to yourself differently, and then these weeds go away, whatever the weeds are. Some, for some people, it's food. For other people, it's other things. Brilliant. It's, it's about perspective, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you said you're not broken, because that's, that's the case with all of us, isn't it? I mean, no matter what we're going through and dealing with in, in life, we tend to think that when things are wrong, it's because something is wrong with us. And it, but there's a huge difference between you know, having a flaw and just having a flawed or a lack of perspective. So I I love how you you make it easy for people to just say, hey, just here's a different angle to what may be causing this issue and being able to help them with that. So so you decided to take this all the way. You went to you you went to school, obviously, and decided to make this a a career. Did you know right away what you were going to specialize in? Yes. I knew, I knew all the time. Okay. okay. Yeah, I knew right away. And, um, you know, I feel really privileged to do the work that I do, you know, to really transform, help people transform their lives. That's wonderful. I, 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 love, I love these thoughts. Now, you're, to get to what you do, your first video, um, or the, one of the videos on your, your site that you give to people, literally, is your three-day challenge. And the first of those videos is called Cracking the Code of Emotional Eating. And I'm assuming that you're feeling in large part that this is the most important video in the series since you put it as number one. So explain for us what that means to crack the code of emotional eating. Well, when people hear emotional eating, they, they, they think in terms of, well, you know, uh, I'm eating because I'm sad, or I'm eating because of this. But mm-hmm. often, you get so good at turning to food to avoid feeling what you're really feeling mm-hmm. that y- y- you actually don't know what's going on with you anymore. So, Because it, it's not what you're eating, it's what's eating at you. But if you're so good at using food to avoid it, and then you're mad at yourself for eating, or you're mad at yourself for your weight, sometimes you, you, know, you, you lose that connection to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so what people think of as a trigger food actually can point to the true trigger, which is the emotional uh, need, conflict, feeling. And so I developed sort of a strategy to connect what, because most people have sort of a go-to type of food. So I developed a, a strategy to connect certain kinds of food or certain kinds of statements that they may make mm-hmm. uh, with a certain internal conflicts. So food that is sweet and smooth and creamy, like ice cream, stuff like that, mm-hmm. that often suggests a longing for comfort, for soothing, for nurturing, filling foods like bread, pasta cake, 
that kind of thing. That's correlated to loneliness because they're bulky. They symbolically fill an internal void. Often people are lonely. They feel empty. And when they, they, they may fill up with food instead of fulfilling relationships, even if we look at the language of our culture, right? Fulfillment yes. um, gets so expressed in our physically. Yeah. Um, foods that are crunchy, you know, anything with a crunch is associated with anger, teeth, anger. Oh, wow. um, and so, so that can help you to start to recognize what's going on inside that you're okay. expressing with food. Uh, often people say, well, they know what they're feeling. And nothing changes. So clearly food is the problem. But no, again, they're aware that what they're aware of is only what they're aware of. So mm -hmm. if, you're, if you've cried and cried and cried and you're still sad, mm -hmm. that means there's another emotion that's not getting expressed, like, like mm -hmm. anger. So if you cry and you cry and you cry and you're eating chips all the time, maybe you're <laughs> mad. <laughs> you know? I love it. That is, that is so useful. Now... Gosh, so how do we apply that practically? And let's just use, for example, this, uh, your example of, of the crunchy foods and, and, and anger. Um, how would we take that knowledge? Okay, so now we, now we have an understanding. I'm going for my bag of Doritos, and, but I remember Dr. Nina's advice. So how yes. do we pause and then take a different action? Well, this is what you do. You think about... If your friend came to you or your child or your mm -hmm. spouse or someone you love and care about came to you and said, I am so upset. I am so mad right now. Would you give them a bag of Doritos and say, there you go? <laughs> no. Chances are, no. I would keep the <laughs> Doritos so for myself. <laughs> talk it out. Right. No. So, so you... Now, that seems funny on the outside. Like, of mm. course I wouldn't do that. But, of course, then people do that to themselves. Yes. So I ask people, what, what would you say to a friend or a child? Mm. And generally, I find that people treat other people in one way. And they yes. treat themselves in a completely different way. Yes. So yes. they'll say, oh, I know you're upset. It is. This situation is so difficult. It sucks. It's hard. Talk to me. Express yes. yourself. Let's figure this out together. And they'll say to themselves, in the same situation, uh, you know, where's the Doritos? Mm -hmm. I, can't, I can't bear to feel this. Yeah. Um, so, so one thing that you can do is say, well, what would you say to a friend or a loved one in this situation? And then talk, practice talking to yourself that way. And practice makes progress. Awesome. I, I love that. I, it's funny. I had a very, very similar conversation the other day with the, an author, a buddy of mine, Barry Mangione. About and one of the chapters in his book was it wasn't about uh, food or eating habits, but it was about life in general. You know, what would I say to my best friend? And we were talking about this very thing that we will we will give the people around us, even if we don't know them that well, the very best advice we have, and do it so comforting in such a comforting and nurturing manner. But when it comes to ourselves, we can be either brutal or negligent you know, yes. to ourselves. So that's, that's such useful advice to be able to pause and then actually talk to yourself and recognize what you're doing and get to the root of the problem. So let's jump to, you have a, the second video in a series is about becoming an observer. And I, I, I love this because at, at, at face value, it doesn't seem like it would have anything to do with eating as far as observing uh, others, but how can being a great observer 
help us improve our eating patterns. Explain that, please. Well, a lot of people tell me they feel self-conscious. Often, that's about their weight. They walk into a party, they think everyone is looking at them, thinking, oh, she's so fat, he's so fat, whatever. And, and that is regardless of what their actual weight is. Mm -hmm. They may feel self-conscious about other things, not being as successful as their friends, not being at the stage of life they want to be, just be, being different in some way. They feel self-conscious for some reason. When you're self-conscious, that is a really painful and difficult state to be in. Mm -hmm. And lots of people, to avoid feeling that, will hide from the world and end up having more of a relationship with food than with people. So they avoid the party and they stay home and they eat. Mm -hmm. Or they go to the party and they feel so awful that they end up you know, at, at the food table or they don't eat yes. anything and then they go home and they eat, they eat the refrigerator. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, they fill up with food but what they really need, what all of us really need, is a fulfilling relationship with others and with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so since, since I hear this so often, I thought that this would be a great way to give people a super quick and helpful tool that they can use right away. Because when you're an observer, and I talk about this more in length in the, in the video, mm -hmm. when you're a, an observer, the spotlight is not on you. The spotlight's on other people. And you're, when you think, well, what do I think of them? What do I think of the situation? You're not feeling as if you've got a bunch of eyes on you, critical, judgmental eyes, brilliant. which just makes you want to hide yes. and eat for comfort. That, that's so brilliant. So you're, you're observing your world as opposed to just kind of just focusing obsessively uh, about yourself. That's Feeling bad. Feeling yes. bad because people eat. People use food for either for comfort or distraction. Okay. So someone might say, oh, I felt so self-conscious and I, I just, you know, so I just ate, ate a bunch of cake because it comforted me. Yes. Other people feel self-conscious and they'll say, I ate a bunch of cake and oh my God, I can't believe I am such a, I ha I'm such a loser. I have mm -hmm. no willpower. And now they've effectively distracted from their uncomfortable feelings about connection and they're just bashing themselves and beating themselves up because they have uh, the crime of eating cake. Right. So if, if you, because thoughts and ideas lead to feelings, lead to behavior. Yes. If you just focus on the behavior, nothing's going to happen. Yes. Got to change the way you think uh, and what you believe about yourself. So when you're an observer, you're thinking, when you're thinking, what am I thinking? You're not thinking, you're not mind reading. You're mm -hmm. not thinking they're thinking all these bad things about me, right. which then makes you feel bad and vulnerable to, to eating. Okay. Brilliant advice. I love uh, everybody that's listening. You've got to go to um, Dr. Nina's website, winthedietwar.com, and, and it's free. Grab this uh, three-part video series, and trust me, you will be amazed at what you learn. Um, so please take me up on that. Sorry, I had to put that plug in. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to let people find video three themselves. I'm going to let them go on their own against winthedietwar.com. So I want to jump to your, you have a, also have a, a show that you host uh, on YouTube, the Dr. Nina Show, and you have an, a really cool two-part uh, video series called Lose More Weight with Bubbles. I, I, I love that. It's so much fun. And you talk about finding things that you love to do as opposed to feeling forced to do some perfect workout. What was the thought behind that, and, and how, did, how did this... How were you inspired to do this video? Where did it come from? Well, it, 
if you find something you enjoy, you're more likely to do it consistently and make it a lifelong habit rather than forcing yourself to do something just to lose weight or get in shape. So it's kind of the exercise version of dieting. Diets work until you go off them. Yes. Exercise works until you stop. And finding the hardest or best workout, you know, whether, whether you, even if you don't like it, forcing yourself to do it, Mm -hmm. it's going to be effective as long as you force yourself to do it, but that's just not sustainable. Mm -hmm. I I have a friend who's done yoga for many years and she does not do power yoga. She does not do hot yoga. Mm -hmm. She does restorative yoga, which some would say, well, that's not even exercise, but you know what? She does it consistently three or four times a week, and it puts her in touch with her body, and it makes her want to take care of herself when she's not in the yoga studio. And she's gotten so much more benefit out of consistently over a number of years doing this sort of slow restorative yoga than uh, another friend who's always looking for the quick fix, and she goes from spinning to cardio bar to boot Mm -hmm. camp to whatever the most brutal form of exercise (laughs) is. And she's always feeling bad about herself because she hates it. She hates it. So she starts and she stops and and then she gets mad at herself for stopping and then she eats because she's mad at herself and it's just a disaster. So if spinning is your thing, that Mm -hmm. is terrific. You're going to get yourself to spin class and have the benefits of spin class. But if you hate it, don't force yourself. Find something you love to do. You will keep doing it and in the long run, you will get more benefit. I, I love that perspective. Let me let me ask you this. Is there, what is the line, or do you think there's a line between, you know, finding something that you enjoy, let's say you just enjoy walking, but you, you really have, at least in your own mind, you have a, a significant amount of weight to lose, and you feel like, you know, I really need to do something more than what I feel like doing. Would you suggest that people try some more intense uh and i say intense i don't you know i don't mean like the extreme you know boot camp type workouts but just more intense exercise than what you're comfortable with what how do you feel about stretching yourself a little bit to get some better results and and mixing it up until you find something that you're comfortable with well if someone who intellectually knows that exercise is good and just can't make that leap and and by the way in my experience i find that actually what Lose weight loss is more about what you're eating yes. and less about exercise. Sure. Very true. Um, but if but if they intellectually say, "Oh, I want to start working out with weights or something," but I just can't do it, mm-hmm. I'd wonder about. I'd wonder why, not not forcing yourself, but wonder what is the inhibition, what is the resistance, mm-hmm. and sometimes it could be. And, and this may sound really strange, but it could be a some possible fears about. Happiness, success, feeling, quote unquote, too good mm-hmm. about themselves. And I see this a lot. You know, people will consciously say, I want to lose 100 pounds, I, and, and they'll get to, they'll lose 80 pounds, and suddenly mm-hmm. they start sabotaging themselves, or they just mm-hmm. can't start losing weight. You know, there's, there are many reasons why people are afraid of success. They, they may be afraid of what will happen when they're at their, their ideal weight. Are they going to be objectified? Are they going to be looked as a, as a sexual object by other people? Might they, might they be impulsive and do things that they're afraid of doing? I've heard people say, oh, I'm afraid if I lose that last 20 pounds, I'm going to lose, I'm going to, I'm going to lose my husband. I'm going to leave my husband. Wow. I, you know, or something like that. Um, some people are afraid that if they, they, they allow themselves to be happy, the rug's going to be pulled out from underneath them. 
Mm. And others may feel like it's somehow noble to struggle. Yes. Um, so there are all kinds of reasons why people resist what's good for them. And therapy helps you understand why you're doing something you don't want to do and not doing something you do want to do. Mm. There's always a reason. It's underground. There's a root. It just needs to be dug out. But that is amazingly liberating because, and I'm correct me if I'm paraphrasing this incorrectly. So it's not so much about let's say let's use the example that I just said. Let's let's assume that you've you're at eat at ease with your your eating habits and and you're just doing great. You've taken care of the issues. They've done your 38 challenge and they're just rocking it. Now when we look to exercise, if there if there is an exercise that they are hesitating to do that hesitation is more about an underlying issue just as the food conversation yes. was so it's not that i don't exactly. want to do this it's not that i don't want to do this boot camp exercise because it's a boot camp program there's something lying underneath that yes there is some there's often a psychological conflict that's getting ex expressed in that resistance wow pa very powerful stuff um I'm going to tell people, definitely, you got to check out Dr. Nina's YouTube series as well. She's got so many videos. Oh, my gosh, there's so much, there's just so much great content there. Let's fast forward to this question, because I, I really wanted to get to this before we finish today. You've been doing what you've been doing for, for some time. You've, you've experienced, I'm sure, many conversations with many people dealing with a wide variety of issues from the most serious eating disorders to just people who, I hate to call it casually, but in their mind, they just casually aren't comfortable with the way they've been eating. But in your experience, has there been just one single piece of advice or of, of all the advice that you have to give that seems to be sort of an it factor, like across the board, that if people will just grasp this particular concept, it usually either turns things around or gets them on that road to turning thing or things around? Yes, I see one commonality over and over, and that is difficulty identifying and experiencing feelings and soothing and comforting yourself with words. And partly that is because our culture says, you know, if you're, if you're angry, take an anger management class. If you're mm. sad, you must be depressed. Take a pill. If you're anxious, take a pill. You know, we, we have this culture that tells us it's weak and bad to feel our emotions, which I do not yeah. understand at all. I mean, I yes. think it takes a lot of strength to feel difficult feelings. So true. So and true. so, yeah, and so I think that, again, everyone is unique. Everyone develops their way of relating to themselves and to food for reasons that are as different as they are. But everyone who has ever walked in my door has a real problem, both mm -hmm. identifying and processing their feelings. And so sometimes there's this idea that there's this aha moment in, mm -hmm. in which, you know, thank you very much, Oprah. <laughs> I love Oprah, <laughs> but there's no aha moment. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know, every, but, you know it, there's no aha moment where everything changes. Change is a process. Yes. Whatever you're doing, it's a, it's a, it's a process. It's learning. And at first, you've got to think really hard. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's uncomfortable and it's challenging and it's just a new way of being and thinking and 
relating, and eventually you find yourself doing it without, without thinking. And that's the difference between making a true change in the way you relate to yourself and food. Mm-hmm. means it becomes natural and waking up every day with an intention to be good and stick to your diet. It's not about willpower. It's about ultimately what's going on inside. Brilliant. Brilliant. I love it. That, thank you. So that's so useful. And it's counterintuitive. <clears throat> and as counterintuitive as it may sound, mm-hmm. the only way to get rid of feelings, you can't stuff them down, you can't drop them, you can't ignore them, you can't let them go. Mm-hmm. You can only feel them. Wow. That's the only way to get rid of feelings. Beautiful. Uh, I love it. That's so true that, you know, our culture kind of gives us so many ways to mask what we're actually feeling and, and, and you know, distract ourselves from it. So facing the emotions, experiencing them, and being honest with them is, from your experience, one of the best things that really helps people. Is that correct? Absolutely. Awesome. All right. So in addition to your practice and your three-day challenge, you have a 30-day challenge, a Kick the Diet Habit program. Um, for our listeners here, tell us a little bit about the inception of this program and how and why did you decide to create it? And most of all, what will we be able to get in a nutshell from taking advantage of this program? Well, I, I started it because I started hearing from a lot of people who wanted to see me, uh, but my practice is full. Mm-hmm. But I, I also wanted to help them. And since there's only one of me and there are only so many hours in the day, mm-hmm. and since cloning myself was not an option, um, <laughs> I decided to create an on- online program. I, that would be so good if I could just have 10 of me. Um, I decided to create <laughs> so an true. online program for people who couldn't come to my office but wanted to get the benefit of my in-depth approach. Okay. And I, I also wanted to create a program that gives specific activities and actions that you can do right away to make changes. I didn't just want to present food for thought. Mm-hmm. Like in my YouTube seri- series, I give you things to think about. In my 30-day program, I give you things to think about and things to do. And I also have a, a, a secret Facebook group. I guess now it's not so secret um, <laughs> uh, for subscribers. And I'm that way so people can get access to me there. Um, and it's really been a, a very cool and rewarding experience because every day I hear from people who are not only losing weight but feeling better and feeling good about themselves. And they're from all over the world, not just here in the U.S., you know, England, Australia, South Africa, Europe, Canada, Greece, even Dubai. Um, And they're making significant changes and supporting each other along the way. And I think that that sense of community and support has been really good. So in the program, let me see if I can nutshell it. Um, So I I figure out, I help you figure out why you're eating instead of focusing on food, which is some of what I've talked about today. Mm -hmm. I help you learn to encourage and inspire and comfort and reward yourself with words or other means instead of food. I give specific strategies and guidelines about how to connect with other people because when you have a truly fulfilling relationship with people, mm-hmm. you don't have it with food. So people can be unreliable, unavailable. You know, Food is always available, always reliable. And often people who uh, relate to food ha- have issues with, pe- with, with having relationships. Mm-hmm. So I really teach you how to feed your mind and your soul and I give you strategies to stop the sabotage because you might get close to your goal or actually reach it. Lots of people have been there, um, but find it tough to stay there, and I help you figure out exactly why and how not to do that. Because ultimately, when you make peace with yourself, 
you will make peace with food. Beautiful. That's so liberating. Uh, guys, you guys, you have to check this out. Winthedietwar.com. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm actually going to, to jump in and jump onto this program because just just from uh, being on your website for a while and going through your videos and, and the free video series that you, you've given, just the perspective that you have is is so it's practical and it's useful and i definitely think if you guys out there listening if you eat food <laughs> you need to you need to visit dr <laughs> nina's website if you don't eat food then it's a whole other discussion we'll have but honestly you've got to go to um thank you so much dr nina we're gonna have one more question but before we get to that how can uh to our listeners how they can find you how they can reach you how they can follow you what are your best ways to reach you? Well, winthedietwar.com is the best way to reach me. You can email me through there. You can get access to um, my videos, my blog, my podcast. You can also find me on Facebook. If you email me through my website, I, I answer every email personally. Um, I might not do it right away, but <laughs> I do, and I am here to help. Beautiful. Thank you so much. That's so apparent when I met you, and that's why I really wanted to have have you on the show. Uh, one last question for you, and that is this. If you met someone and you knew you had one and only one opportunity to meet, you, meet them, and they begged of you for you to help them out by giving just three little nuggets of your best Dr. Nina advice to help them live the absolute best life of their life, what would those three nuggets of wisdom be for you? Well, I would say, and this goes back to the Doritos, mm. you know, if you talk to your friend the way you talk to your body, you'd have no friends left. That's not a quote from me. That's an amazing woman in England who said that. If you talk to your friends the way you talk to your body, no friends left. So be a friend to yourself. Mm. I would say you are more than the person in the mirror. There is a whole range of qualities that make you you. So if you think about yourself, you yes, the physical self, but there's an emotional, relational, creative, spiritual. There's so many. You embrace them all and acknowledge them all. And last, this is my quote that I say all the time. My patients are probably sick of me saying it, but I think it's a. I think it's something to keep in mind. Be curious, not critical. When you are critical, you foreclose on understanding why you're doing what you're doing. But if you're curious, if you say, oh. You know, if you're critical and say, I can't believe I ate that pizza, like, what is wrong with me? Yes. Well, you're just going to feel bad and it's going to go downhill from there. But if you are curious, you say, well, huh, what was going on with me? Why did I eat all that pizza? Yes. What was happening? Then you make room for the possibility of understanding yourself better. When you're curious and ask questions, you're going to find the answers. And that's the key. That is beautiful and useful advice. Be curious, not critical. I love that. Dr. Nina, I know uh, you, as I said earlier, you have such a busy schedule. So thank you so much for being here on Best Life of Your Life and for taking the time to share your amazing and useful and helpful and encouraging perspective with all of us. Winthedietwar.com, please go check it out and, and make peace with your relationship with food. Dr. Nina, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll talk soon. Take care. I'm so appreciative of Dr. Nina for coming on the show today and giving us her insight. I tell you what, 
it's not very often that I'm hit with a perspective that just kind of knocks me on my heels a little bit. And it definitely did with her because I spent many years studying human behavior, like why we do what we do and the underlying underlying causes of our own behaviors in terms of our relationships and communication and our success uh, professionally and, and otherwise. But I never really personally correlated emotional triggers with eating habits. I mean, I guess in some level I always knew it was there, but in my mind, if I, if I ate a donut, it's because I was lazy and ate a donut. And I didn't really consciously think about it in terms of, you know, what may be triggering me to crave those things. So her perspective is extremely unique. It's liberating. Uh, I love it. So make sure you go winthedietwar.com and please save her to your bookmarks because she is such an amazing resource. Uh, once again, thank you guys for being here on the Be Loyal Podcast and listening to me for another week. Make sure if you haven't yet, give somebody the gift contribute to their lives, share this show with them, not just because of me, but because of the guests and the perspective and, you know, the things that we're learning together as we go on this journey. I, I think it's it's been awesome for me uh, to learn all I have from our guests, and I hope you're getting something from it too. I sincerely promise you that it's my intention and my passion and my purpose to keep making this show better every single time I do it. I know I've got a lot to learn and so many skills to improve on uh, taking on a new form of communication like this but i'm having a great time and i hope you guys are having a great time and learning at the same time so thanks so much for sharing this ride with me the feedback's been great so and i sincerely appreciate and acknowledge that the time you invest in this show is valuable i truly hope that you are finding your investment uh, paying off that you're getting some perspective and just something you hadn't thought about before and something you can use in your own life and make a difference a positive difference uh, as we all continue on this journey of life thank you for allowing me to share with you guys i can't wait to talk to you guys again next time and until then as always be loyal to yourselves be loyal to each other and make sure you're creating the best life of your life we'll talk soon you guys